You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Good morning to be in church. My name is Idris, uh, and I welcome you if you're first, if first time. And if you're not a first time, welcome to LifePoint. Um, we're part of the Elevation Church, which is pastored by Pastor Godman and Bolarewa Kelabi. Um, and, and it's a huge joy to have you in church. Would you smile at the person next to you? Make, make them feel comfortable. Um, they, might, they might not be. If they don't look like they want to accept the smile, smile at the person after them. It's, you know. Right. God is faithful. Okay. So we've been having this discussion um, about um, all of God's children. And, and uh, we've been saying, look, we are different, but we're not divided. We're different, but we're not divided, okay? Um, and we've walked through a couple of um, temperaments if you let, you know, over the last couple of weeks, and today we'll look at the last set, and I think maybe next week we might just round it all up. But I'd like to read out of Psalm 114, verses 4 to 7, I'll read to your hearing. Uh, the Bible says, The mountains keeped like rams, the little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea that you fled, O Jordan that you turned back? O mountains that you skipped like rams, O little hills like lambs, tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. As preparing for this, the first thing God had laid in my heart, it was a simple line. He said, if I could move mountains, I can move you. Um, and, and because today we talk about people who we call phlegmatic people, and, and God you know, is encouraging me to say sometimes um, this, this set of people are the ones who remind us when God says, you know, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. They are unchanging, stable. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, but James will say, I think it's James 1 7, it says, It's the Father of heavenly light in whom there is no variableness, neither is there a shadow of turning. Because every good and perfect gift is from him. So when you meet someone who is principally phlegmatic, uh, they, that's the impression they give you. I'm the same. I, I'm not excited. I'm not unexcited. I'm just okay by myself. Right? Just okay by myself. Um, but it's interesting because God is both slow and fast. Right? And, and he will do things suddenly. And yet there are times when he would take 400 plus years to deliver his people. He has his own watch, right? Um, scripture would say in Isaiah chapter 28, it says that um, who believes that though he whosoever believes will not act hastily, right? Um, I like to think of haste as disorganized speed, right? And when you meet someone who is principally phlegmatic, you would find that they, they don't... <laughs> Nothing really moves them, and even when things move them, they move back to where they were before, right? Um, we said last week, and I'll just reiterate, that when we get saved, our spirit man is chained. We're a spirit, we live in a body, we have a soul. Our bodies do not change, but God asks us to present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12. This is holy and acceptable. So your body is not the flesh. The flesh acts upon the body. But God asks you to present your body, you know, as holy. All right. I would say, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that your body is meant to be the temple of God. Similarly, he says, our souls have been renewed. So your emotions, your imagination, 
your temperament is a mix of a number of things in there. And we say that your temperament doesn't change, but God will take the strengths of your temperament and use it to his glory, and he will take the things which appear to be the weaknesses of your temperament, and by the Holy Spirit bringing forth fruit, he would use that for his glory also. I tell the person next to you, you're all right, you're all right. You're all right. Uh, tell, them, tell the other person, Uche might not have liked you. Or put whatever name you, you want. You, you know, tell, tell the person next to you, Uche, maybe Uche didn't like you. Or maybe it's a girl's name. Falaka didn't like you. Or, or Amaka didn't like you. But tell them you're all right. You're all right. All right. <laughs> because Femi is married, nobody can tell him that. It's like, <laughs> all right. So God says, if I can move mountains, I can move you. The phlegmatic person, they would call them the watcher. Very passive and, t and deeply tolerant of others. Fantastic listeners. You know, and thus they're brilliant mediators. If you've never met a phlegmatic person before in all of his glory, look for a guy called Femi Abuade at the end of service. He's, I mean, you know, I love Femi with all of my heart. Uh, you know, and Femi can be annoying with his, his what is it, constancy, just the way he is. Is the smile he comes to service with, <laughs> that's how he goes. I don't think I've ever seen Femi annoyed. The kind of person who gets annoyed and then in the annoyance is smiling with you, you know. <laughs> but he's never too excited, you know. So maybe one of those things where everybody's jumping, jumping. You know, just look at him. He looks at you guys like, why, why? <laughs> A phlegmatic person, his goal in life is to have peace. <laughs> it's peace. In the Middle East, Lagos, northern Nigeria, um, typically would avoid confrontation with others. Uh, not easily excited, you know. But they're fantastic friends to have. F absolutely fun. These are the best, sometimes the best type of friends to have. Because with a, a phlegmatic person, loyalty is a big deal. They're the very definition of loyalty. They're always there. Um, have a high boiling point. The day you see a phlegmatic person upset, you must really have done something. The devil has borrowed you. Because even that upset, even while they're upset, they are they are typically just crying. Natural peacemakers. They, but on the other hand, they just hate being pushed. They can be indecisive, slow at taking decisions. Sometimes just seem to lack motivation and will then seem to be like spectators in life. When Paul will speak about Timothy in scripture, I, you get the sense that Timothy is slightly or mostly phlegmatic actually. In Philippians 2.20, he says, I have nobody else like Timothy who has genuine interest in you. When you read through Apostle Paul's letters, he'll refer to Timothy with, this guy's different, you know. He deeply cares for, he's not concerned about position. He's not concerned. He's, he has genuine interest in you. In fact, Paul will write two whole letters to Timothy to explain to Timothy how to behave. You know, Timothy was pastoring in a city, a church that Paul, I think, had planted a couple of years before. But he would go out of his way to give Timothy instruction. First Timothy 1, chapter 2, he would say, you are a true son in the faith. In some places, he would tell him, look, Timothy fights. Right? One other place he would say, do not let anyone despise your youth. First Timothy 4, 12 and 14. He says, do not neglect 
the gift that was in you, or that's in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying of hands. But Paul spends a lot, it's almost like he gives Timothy a manual. Now, you don't give um, a choleric person a manual. The choleric person buys a TV, they believe they can fix it. They can make it work. What is a manual? Just to make the box heavy. A sanguine person is just happy about the TV. A melancholic person might not put on the TV for a while because they're just trying to understand how does it work. How do you want to do research. <laughs> Another choleric and uh, phlegmatic person we see in scripture is Abraham. And I'll tell you what. Abraham, <laughs> when you just think through Abraham's story, Abraham moves when God moves. Abraham doesn't do anything Notice one day say Abraham just got up and said, I will go on. No, 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 no. He moves when God, God, the Bible says in Genesis uh, chapter 12. So Abraham, verse 4, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from there. Abraham, leave your father's house. All right, sir. Packs his stuff, heads off. When you see Abraham, a couple of verses or chapters down, He's a peacemaker. In one instance, two instances actually, at least two instances, he tells his wife. He says, look, Sarah, you know you're hot. You're very hot. You're hot stuff. All the, well, even where we've been, they've been jealous in me. I know that these places where we're going to, they've not seen a girl like you before. Can you please, when they ask, tell them that you're my sister? I don't want to quarrel with anybody. He's not eight. You know, I mean, a, a, another, a regular guy says, when you get there, tell them you're my wife. He you know, says, says, I'm low-key. I don't want any quarrel from any source. Genesis chapter 12, read 11 and 13. He says, please say that you are my sister, so that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. That's what a man that's what he, And the wife agrees. She does it the one time one king tries to take her, God intervenes. Genesis chapter 20, he does it again with Abimelech. Again, God intervenes. He's a peacemaker. In fact, it's interesting when you read through Abraham's life, uh, you see his interactions with a gentleman called Lot, his nephew. So we assume that Lot is you know, much younger than he is. God calls Abraham. Abraham, Lot, for some reason, goes with him. So Abraham is the one who received the call. They get to Genesis chapter 13. There's prosperity everywhere. And there's, the arguments are starting, right? The Bible says in verse 8, So Abraham said to Lot, Please, please, let there be no strife between you and me, and between my headsmen and your headsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. But before you get upset, if you take the left, then I will take the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. I can't understand it. Number one, I'm the uncle. You are the nephew. <laughs> I'm older, you're younger. Then I'm the one God called. It's because you followed me who was following God that you now even have something. 
But when it's, you know, it's a quarrel, he says, Lord, don't be upset. Just relax. What is it? It's not cattle and all those things. Relax, Lord. Which side do you want to go? Left? I will go right, far away from you. <laughs> Abraham was a very chilled guy. Let there be peace. And so when we talk about phlegmatic people, they're, they're, such, they're so precious in the body. Because while the rest of us are either thinking what's happening, you know, just shaking things up, shaking tables that are fine, you know, they're the ones holding the table together. Don't break it. It's an old table. It's nice. Abraham is a really chilled person. He's a phlegmatic guy. When you read his interactions with his wife, Genesis chapter 16, verses 2 to 6. And so Sarah said to Abraham, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I, may, I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. So the wife tells him, look, this promise of God we're waiting for, I'm not sure. Go and sleep with my help. Eh. Yes. Yeah, sure. It was a trap anyway, but you see later. <laughs> You're sure? He said, yes. So he goes, he sleeps with her, she becomes pregnant. Come to verse 5, verse 6, verse 5, Sarah is upset with him. What nonsense is all this? You have conspired to just make me look bad. Send her away. <laughs> and Abraham said to Sarah in the 6th of Genesis chapter 16, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. You don't find Abraham making strong, independent decisions. Anybody he meets, it's like, yeah, why, why not? Let's coexist together. So if you marry a phlegmatic person, you are fine. There's no quarrel. No quarrel. No quarrel at all. Ask Bimbo, Femi's, Femi's uh, wife. They don't quarrel. If at one time, I un permit me, even if you don't, okay? <laughs> because it's a good thing, it's a good thing. I'm having, I'm having lunch with them, and she's saying she's complaining about Femi and how, oh, I wasn't having, it's only when I was having lunch. So here, so it's even public, you, she was not that said it, that sometimes she would try and fight with him. That he doesn't, sometimes Femi doesn't even realize there's a fight. <laughs> you know? You know when you're upset, da, 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 you're like, eh. <laughs> don't worry, don't, is that a small thing I did? Don't worry, you know, me, I'm, you know. And that kind of person is always sharing love. But it's just that sometimes they can look like spectators even in their life. Femi, it's not that you now go home and start fighting with your wife. Just, just relax. I want to show you that I can fight. <laughs> Abraham displays unusual patience in his walk with God. Between the promise and the manifestation of the promise, a, a thousand men would have done a thousand different things. But for the instruction and correction of God, a phlegmatic person might not have moved. Abraham might not have moved. So God says, if I can move mountains, I can move you. When God looks to situate this new covenant, the same one, when you read through Galatians, Paul says Jesus dies on the cross so that the promise of the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentile by faith. So the Abrahamic covenant still exists. When God seeks to situate that, he looks for a person who is sold out, who naturally does not have their own agenda. 
And so if you find yourself to be one of those people who you are not the, the one who is, you know, coming up with all the great ideas or all the brilliant ideas immediately, but you can take an, a brilliant idea and work it, do not despair at all. Because this is a person who lets God move. With a phlegmatic or a choleric person, you typically have to teach them patience because they are consumed with the wanting to do things. With a, with a phlegmatic person, you have to teach them action because they are eternally patient. When the Holy Spirit shows up, says, I want to give you the fruit of the Spirit, patience, say, no, don't worry, I brought mine. I'm okay. I'm all right. The sanguine person, when the Holy Spirit is trying to teach them jo joy, <laughs> when the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you self-control, <laughs> Holy Spirit is trying to treat the sanguine person, thank you, Nat, God bless you. Uh, just trying to keep me in my message, right? <laughs> all right, trying to teach a sanguine person joy, he's got his own stash. Yeah, he's got his own stash. But you would have to, in their walk with God, phlegmatic people would have to learn the obedience of action. Because a phlegmatic person is typically loyal, but there's no real sense of adventure. Why, why rock the boat? When it comes to spiritual disciplines, they, they have the presence of mind to, to stay in those disciplines. It can almost become religious. They can build habits. The one thing you probably would find with a phlegmatic person when it comes to their spiritual disciplines is issues around fervency, intensity. Because they will put in enough to get a spark, but rarely will they stick in there to get the fire going. So fervency. Uh, Paul would say in Romans chapter 12, 11, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. In fact, when Paul speaks to Timothy, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he uses a phrase. He says, to, he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. A phlegmatic person needs to come to the place with God where they fan into flame the things that God has given to them. Because otherwise, there's no reason. Why? What is all this prophecy? Prophecy. Why? Even when you hear their tongues, you know that this person is communing with God peacefully. Some people, when you hear their tongues, you know God will answer that prayer quickly just to end the tongues. <laughs> Rolly, how are you? You doing all right? <laughs> if you don't, Rolly and Chine are the ones who uh, the head our prayer team. I respect God when I hear how they pray to him. Yeah, because I won't take it. <laughs> I need to focus, okay? Ah, no, they talk to God, though. <laughs> Very strongly. But if like, what the person is conversing with God, God, how are you today? Would you please, if you don't mind? <laughs> Choleric person. Father! Just in case you were sleeping, Lord. <laughs> Rock of ages. God, like I've heard my name. What is like three names? You know. With 
and that's one thing I would like to encourage phlegmatic people in service today. To cultivate the fire, to fan into flame. Because the, the advantage you have is you can be constant with God. You are not moved by things external. And so for a number of phlegmatic people, if you give it one more step, you would find immense fervency. Immense fervency. Don't forget what I said. The God is saying to these people, to us, if I can move mountains, I can move it. Because sometimes phlegmatic people begin to despair. When you see choleric people doing things, like, ah, why, why am I not like that? You know? When you see a choleric person, they can, they're starting five businesses. Ah, five. Say this month only. Next month, I start another seven. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> When you hear the melancholic say, I was just thinking around 1 a.m. on Monday. So I, I, I think a lot. You're like, hey, God, it's not this brain we all have thinking. You know? The sanguine person is just bubbly. People are, phone is ringing here. They are tweeting at them everywhere. And so sometimes you wonder, look, Lord, why am I like this? You know? I know the first uh, time I spoke about temperament, I said, you know, when you hear Fela's song, Watana get enemy? You know that one? That's a flag. He's like, why? Well, what's all this rush about? So phlegmatic people in terms of their work for God are fantastic when it comes to counseling. They, they, have, they have your time. They're they are patient to listen. And because I'm melancholic, I find myself when I counsel with people uh, to try to listen till the end. Because sometimes as they start, I know where you're going with this. You know, I kind of already understand. So my mind, my mind runs ahead of the, of the discussion. A sanguine person is counseling. Just, Look, love, don't worry, my dear. Just hugs. Don't smile. Don't worry. It'll be okay. So, but the issue will resolve itself. Don't worry. A choleric person is firm. You, you're messed up. And if you continue like this, you might not even make heaven. You might not. I have to tell you the facts. No, because your blood cannot be on my hand. <laughs> I don't want the counsel. You will take the counsel and wait. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but when it comes to counseling, standing in the gap for others, maintaining the sense of family in the body, keeping the body together, phlegmatic people are fantastic. God shows up before Abraham says, look, you're going to be a great guy. Let me tell you, I'm upset with Sodom, Gomorrah, he didn't say lucky. Just Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? I'm going to go and destroy them. And then Genesis chapter 18, read from verse 24 down. Abraham begins to intercede. He begins to say, Our oh Lord, what? you can't do this now. You know you're a merciful God. What if there are 50 righteous people? God says, Okay, fine, why 50? Well, that's, that's fine. We can, we can look. And, you know, and then Abraham says, Ah, but I saw what they've been posted on Twitter. Mm, 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 mm. Lord, let's take it. What of 45? God says it's fine. He begins to, in his heart is for people. He doesn't live there. It's not like he's his favorite vacation spot. Yeah. Mm -mm. And so, and I said to people yesterday, because true intercessors, true prayer warriors, will value mercy over judgment. And always looking for how God will restore. And that's the, it's the, heart of a phlegmatic person. 
Yet a phlegmatic person will have to, in God, as they walk with God, learn, I said it before, the obedience of action. I like how Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, making the most, uh, verse 16 in the Amplified, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Making the most of every opportunity, recognizing and taking advantage of every opportunity. In 2 Corinthians 16, the Bible says that God's eyes go to and fro the earth looking for those whose hearts are perfect, turn towards him. One translation will say strongly, uh, 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 are completely his, that he may strongly support them. When I read that, I realize that God is going through the earth with ideas, with opportunities, with invitations to human beings. In fact, I've, seen, I've said it in church over and over again, that sometimes when God gives us an idea we need to realize that we're not the only one he's giving that idea to. Because typically what happens is the more you dwaddle, the more you consider, the more you waste time, one year's time you see the manifest, you're driving past and you see, oh my goodness, that, that's the idea they were telling me about. That's the idea they were telling me about. Because God is constantly speaking ideas and miracles. And so for someone phlegmatic, you're laid back in your heart. God has been putting things in your heart. Would you lend the obedience of action? Let the Holy Spirit move you. Now, and I'll end up with that today. That's how phlegmatic people can allow the power of the Holy Spirit bring them to a place of action. For someone, God has been speaking to you consistently about opening a new business. Someone is a hairdresser salon. In your area. Every time you go to the hairdresser, you come back with complaints. Your hair looks terrible. Some guy, you go to the, on your whole region, every time you go cut your hair, it's a disaster. And God is saying, why don't you open one? Some other person, God is saying, why don't you open a school? Why don't you open a hospital? <laughs> one other person, God is saying, why don't you open a bank? I was telling them how that, you know, during the fast, last 14 day fast. One of the things that amazed me was how I would wake up someday and I'd just come up with some idea that I'd never, ever considered before. It was a Wednesday service. I just remember the call. I said, look, come on, you just wake up. You're praying the Holy Spirit. You're fasting. You're waiting on God. When you just wake up, I'm like, how much do they sell banks? What do you mean by bank? Bank, like GTB, Zenit. How much, if I want to buy one, how much is one? <laughs> so you know somebody's high on the Holy Spirit. He's, he's drunk. And I'm going to end there. Say, I want a bank. You know bank now? Your friends think you're crazy. Okay. Then the next day you wake up and say, hospital, uncle. <laughs> so what do you mean by hospital? Say hospital, like, you know, big hospital. Eco hospital. Uh, premier. I want one. Because <laughs> when you walk with God, when you walk with the Holy Spirit, you must be ready for him to open your mind. Tell the person next to you, tell them, move, move, move. Tell, tell them God has been waiting for you for a long Tell them, move. There's a guy who God has been waiting for you about your wedding. 
And no names, don't call names. The people saying who, who is their conscience. It's, it's, so like Nick Femi, like who, who? He knows that that first applies to him. Every Sunday, she has sat beside you. The ushers, will, when she comes, the ushers will bring her, she will sit. Next Sunday, she sat. Would you move? Because God has been presenting that idea to you. Present, present. One day, someone will come from multimedia. Then you now see her later. Ah, I like that girl in 86. I liked her. Tell a guy next to you. Tell him, move, move. Someone's looking at her boyfriend like, no, you're not moving anywhere. Relax. <laughs> Relax. I'm here. Because I think we live in the midst of a generation that seems to wait endlessly. Um, I fear that we dissipate more energy in conversation, in ideas, at the moment, just talking than we do in actual execution. When was the last time someone around you started a business? When was the last time they started a ministry? When was the last time they started something new? When was the last time they told you something God told them to do? Because God tells, gives instructions to his children. God gives instructions to his children. I was preparing for this. I wrote in my notes that instructions from God are a premium. They are extremely important for people who are phlegmatic. Instructions from God. The choleric people believe they already have their own instructions. Right? So that's fine. In fact, God is trying to explain to them which one he didn't send them. Right? Paul you know, he's, he's saying, we wanted to go and preach in one place. The Holy Spirit withheld us. We said, okay, let's go to the other place. The Holy Spirit says no. Collect people want to preach. They want to go everywhere. We phlegmatic people need instruction from God. I like how Paul says in 2 Corinthians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. It says, because we know that this extraordinary day is ahead, it's just ahead, I read the message translation, we pray for you all the time. We pray that God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. We pray that he would fill your good ideas and acts of faith with his own energy so that it all amounts to something. If your life honors the name of Jesus, he will honor you. If I can move mountains, I can move you. The one thing someone who is phlegmatic must never believe is that lie that says that you are not capable of doing things, of creating, of creating energy, of creating movement, of doing work, of birthing things. Because you look at Abraham's life and you realize that without God, he wouldn't have done any of those things. But with God, he could do all things. He could do all things. It's interesting. I think yesterday is coming back home and that word mechanical energy, was two words, kept just bubbling in my heart. I was like, I have no clue what this is. Well, check what it meant. It's a sum of kinetic and potential energy in an object that is used to do work. It's 
brilliant physics students are like, yes, I remember that. JS3, I remember it. In other words, it is the energy in an object due to its motion and position or both. I think God is just saying to someone, you, are, you actually, with me, carry power and energy. Your husband might have looked at you and said, you can do nothing. You don't, you don't go in. I like you, but ah, you don't go anywhere. He says, but they've not met you and me together before. In a world that places a huge premium on, you know, showcased achievements, you know, what's your purpose? What's my purpose? Your purpose bigger than my purpose. Have you lived your life? And stuff like that. One thing phlegmatic people must not get caught in is that whole wanting to put on a show for other people. Because God calls you to lead in terms of unity. The Bible says that where there is envy and there is strife, it says every other kind of evil dwells there. So I, 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 you can, the, the role that the quiet ones play in the body, making sure that we are joined together, that when the choleric person meets another choleric person and they quarrel, as they often do, is the, is the melanch, even the melancholic person just stays away and analyzes. But it's the phlegmatic people who say, ah, but we're all brothers. Go here, come here. The ones who will teach the rest of the body to love. They're the ones who need to, and I say this, they have to find, because already will have depth in their relationships, but have to then widen the scope of the relationships that they build. I like how Paul says to the church in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14. If you read it amplified, it says, Beyond all these things, Put on and wrap yourselves in unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity, for everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best for others. And Paul defines or talks about love of the Christian faith in Philippians chapter 2, I think it is. Philippians 2, 1, 2, 3. He begins to talk about a reprioritization, if I could say that, of self. Phlegmatic people tend to be the easiest when it comes to, and melancholic people closely behind, preferring others before themselves. And so they are called to lead in the body when it comes to love, when it comes to uniting people together. I, you know, I... And I'm Femi, I'm sorry I had my message there. I don't know who Femi is not friends with. As in, I can't tell you. Femi is in this church, everybody. I can tell you people Sam is not friends with. Because Sam is choleric. So sometimes, depending on how he does him. You know, but we love Sam. Don't we? Most of the, some of the ladies love Sam. All right. <laughs> Let me try and put my message together and tell you, and try and, you know, because this, I, I was clear in my head and my heart what God wanted to say to those of us who are, who are phlegmatic. If I can move mountains, I can move you. So, as choleric people, as phlegmatic people, subject ourselves to the 
influence of the Holy Spirit, to the move of the Spirit, God says I can accelerate them in strange ways. In strange ways. So there's a call to hunger for and to submit to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will energize us. He will inspire us with new ideas and then give us the courage and the wisdom to move. When God takes a hold of a phlegmatic person, you know what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 comes to light. He says, do not drink too much wine. I tell your neighbor that. I tell them, don't drink too much wine. Don't drink too much wine. I tell the other neighbor, I think there's somebody who needs a word of knowledge. Tell them, don't stop drinking. Stop drinking. Stop, stop drinking. Uh, Caleb, are you afraid to tell Tokwe? Tell her, stop drinking. <laughs> Can I see the respect on his voice? Like, P.I. said to tell you. You read the message translations, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Don't drink too much wine. He says, that cheapens your life. It says, drink the spirit of God. The message translation. Huge draughts of him, of him. Now, the word draughts, and it's somebody who's used to drinking. Draughts are like big tumblers or what, what are draughts? Well, that's, that's By the way, take a draught. That's not shots. Not, that's, that's, shots are small. You don't drink? Okay. Okay. Samuel. <laughs> Alright, but essentially Paul is saying, look, you have to take big-sized portions. I mean, yeah, I might as well go there. So, for those of us who drink, you know that there are things you take where well, you can't get drunk on Coke, right? You shouldn't get drunk on Coke. You shouldn't get drunk at all, to be fair. But there are things you drink, and you take a small, when you sip it, your body tells you, hmm, it's nice. You raise that to your brain, your eyes are clearer, you can see into the future. But you know that as the quantity increases, that you, <laughs> you start to hear all the warning signs. You hear all the messages we've been preaching in this church. You hear your conscience, you hear the Holy Spirit tell you. But with the Holy Spirit, and especially for the phlegmatic people, there is no limit. You should not stop halfway. You should take a bit more. You should take a bit more. You should take a lot, actually. You should take a lot. You should take a lot. Because you need to <laughs> get into that place with the Holy Spirit that results in what Jesus speaks about. That out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living waters. I, I strongly believe that God wants to surprise this generation with the things he will do in the lives of a lot of phlegmatic people. Because sometimes with choleric people, when things are done, you are not sure who did it. Even they are not sure. But sometimes you have to calm them down to assure them it was not by their strength. The, color, the sanguine people think it's because they know people and they're cool with people. The melancholic person, I thought I knew it. I, I, I reasoned it out. But the phlegmatic person, 
just releases their life to God and essentially moves mountains with God. So, I, <laughs> I'll pray about it and see if we can talk about beauty next week and how all this temperament, this caution, and you know, new creation reality comes together. And how that you are perfect for purpose. You're perfect. God, there's no mistake about your life. But today, I sense an invitation for people who are not used to doing things. You might not even be phlegmatic. You might just have come into a place where life has beat you to the place where you are not used to doing things. You're not, you, when you think of starting something, it actually sometimes just frightens. In fact, you shut your mind completely. You're an exile from doing things. God says, if I can move mountains, I can move you. Scripture we read in Psalms 114 to start with begins to talk about the reaction that mountains have to the presence of God. It begins to talk about the reactions that the hills have to the presence of God. Would you give the Holy Spirit a chance in your life, child of God? Would you trust him with that which everyone has questioned you about? Would you let God move you? Oh, you know, I think I was out with, uh, I was out with my wife on Friday, Friday night. So we went to have dinner somewhere. The place was changing into a, a small club. And at some point, I said to her, you see that man over there? It's not himself. Because the dance steps he was dancing, I knew that he might not remember them the next morning. <laughs> I, no, you could, some, when you see someone who is moved, you know. I told her, that guy is moved. He's been moved, yeah? I didn't tell her that. I, could, I said, he's changing. He's, not, he's under the influence of what I said. Have you let yourself come under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Are you still in charge? There's a sense of urgency about the times that we live in. There's stuff that needs to be done. There's stuff that needs to be done. There's healing that needs to come. <laughs> I wasn't joking when I said that there's strange conversations that will happen between phlegmatic people and God in the coming seasons because I've experienced that myself where God will introduce into your heart, into your mind, into your thinking things which have no basis how much do they sell countries where can I I, I want to start a church I want to, I want to start a teaching ministry I want to go start a new I think the model for missionary work in Nigeria is outdated, long outdated. Because the mission fields are changing very rapidly and are no longer just geographic. So God is looking for new tech-based missionaries. There are million souls to be won online. Million souls. Our country is so disorganized that people should not be living. There's too much money, but beyond money, there's too much restoration of value and life to be made in this country. We've not sent people to space from Nigeria yet. 
And as soon as I said, people giggle. Ha, ha, ha. And who will surprise you? Okay, let's come back to where your mind can handle for now. We don't have light 24 hours, right? We're not, I don't, it's unlikely that God is going to bring a Chinese man to fix it for us. There's all sorts of things. When you travel outside Lagos, we don't really have an educational system in our country. We, we, we went to Benin the other day. As we drove into, we're packing in a church, so we're, we're packed in a school. You, when you saw the, what they call a school, that's not a school. That's where they send children to in the morning, but that's not a school. We don't have curriculum for education. There's all sorts of things. Tell the person next to you, tell them, move, 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 move. God says to Abraham, would you please leave your father's house? And phlegmatic people, <laughs> the Bible says he uses the weak things of this world to confound the wise or the strong, the base things, or the foolish things of this world, to confound the wise. Would you let the Holy Spirit take over your life? Someone says, how does that work? Which is, what does that mean? You fill the water pots with water, a wine comes out. So some, for someone, it's just even taking in God's word in unusual measures. For someone, it's time spent in worship. For someone's receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For someone is spending time praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, the Bible says that we speak mysteries unto God. Phlegmatic people must pray in tongues. Over and over and over again. <laughs> over and over and over again. Father, if we worship, okay. I believe God is calling us as individuals and as a church to leadership. Um, it's the time for our generation is not now. It was five, ten years ago. And when I say our generation, I use that loosely because I know it's a huge bracket. It's five, ten years ago. But your time is, is around here. The time is around here. Father, we thank you. What song do you want to sing, Father? Should we sing on the again? I don't know. Should we sing on the again? And we can sing whatever song you want. You wanted to sing, you move mountains. I trust you. <laughs> but let's sing on the I guess I, I get, let me use the spiritualism, I have an impression. Church, we don't have to stand, we just worship a bit. And, and then we'll, we'll pray. Only you're the God of awesome wonders. I've tasted of your power. Only shallow. Only shallow. You have shown me so much mercy. Much more than I deserve. Only and only potent. Only.
ahead and pray in the spirit if you can. All over this place. I like us to just go ahead and pray in the spirit. Just go ahead and pray in the spirit. Just go ahead and pray in the spirit. If you have never been baptized in the Holy Ghost before, I'd like you to please just stand and just lift your hands up and say, Lord, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd like the rest of the church to just go ahead and pray. We ask in faith, believing, and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mahaya Kamala. Just pray in the spirit, just pray in the spirit, church. God says, if I can move mountains, I can move you. If I can move mountains, I can move you. Someone needs to ask God this Sunday afternoon. Say, Lord, will you move me? Someone, you are at the end of your rope. You are, you've tried everything you can do. And you know that you need God's help. Someone, you know that's left to you. You are just going to be sleeping on the couch. Someone needs to say, Holy Spirit, will you move me? Would you please hold the hands of someone next to you? And would you pray for them this morning? Would you sow a seed of prayer over that life? Would you begin to pray for moves of the Spirit within and over their lives? You are praying for a move of the Spirit over and in their lives. The Bible says in the beginning, it says there was gross darkness everywhere. It says the earth was without form. It says, but the Holy Spirit, it says he moved upon the earth and then God spoke. Would you pray for a move of the Spirit over that one? Would you pray for supernatural energy? Would you pray for supernatural courage? Would you pray for supernatural imagination? The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Would you declare that the proceeding word from God comes into their heart? It says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Then he went around doing good and healing all that we are oppressed of the enemy. Would you pray in the name of our Lord Jesus that an anointing will come upon your brother. An anointing will come upon your sister. There are still some of them who you are praying for. Some of us. We are still at the ba- at the banks of the river. Tell, pray that they will put one feet in. Some are just at ankle deep. Pray that they will go to knee level. Some at knee level. Pray that they will go to waist deep. But we are praying that God will take over. He will take over Lahama Kanda Magadosh in love of mediocre ordinary living. Rahanda Makaleva Rigadesh. 
Someone needs to hear from God. Someone needs the words from God. Mahanda Magadosh. Someone needs the word from God. Would you pray one more minute for the person around you, for the people around you? Would you pray one more minute that God will move them in unusual ways? He says to Philip, join yourself with that chariot. Philip catches up with the moving chariot. The Holy Spirit takes over the prophet. He outruns the chariot with horses. Would you pray for supernatural enablement, for supernatural motivation, for supernatural courage, supernatural speed, supernatural favor. That what will take men five years, ten years to do will be done in a month. I know they say you must be 20 years in your career before you can win this, before you can do this, before you can own this. But would you pray that the Holy Ghost walking through the lives of the children of God will bet for miracles, will bet for miracles, will bet for miracles. I know they say the person has to have a certificate, a qualification, a degree from Harvard. But would you pray? They say you have to be certified. You have to be qualified in this manner or the other. They say you should not have failed before. But would you pray that God will arise within his children? Father, we thank really grateful for all you've done for me. Come on, sing it all my door, all my door, I'm really grateful, I'm really grateful for all you've done for me. On my top, I told her, yeah, I recollect. I'm really grateful, I'm really grateful for all you've done, for what you've done, for the mountain full of I told her, for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.